As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Matt Lieb. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod, Pod Yourself, Yourself a gun. gun. A Sopranos podcast where Vince and I and a guest go through every single episode of The Sopranos and talk about it. We are the only podcast that has ever done this idea, and we thank you for listening to us, although you have no options in Sopranos podcasts because none <laughs> others exist. None of them exist. Um... Anyways, uh, I am very excited for today's episode, not only because uh, it is one of my personal favorites, but also for this episode of our podcast, because our guest is a homie of mine. She's a comedian. You know her from Good Mythical Morning. Everyone, please welcome Emily Fleming. How you doing? Hey, I'm, I'm all right. Today yeah. Today was probably the, the worst day so far, just about. Uh, oh, no. Up. But this is really making me feel better, actually. I was very frustrated with the Zoom. Oh, yeah. I, I hate the Zoom. Yeah, it's hell. Meetings. Yeah, this, this is this is like this is life now. Life is now just various scheduled Zoom meetings. I've actually never been so organized with yeah. my podcasting or social life. Yeah, as I, gotta I have used my calendar app now. Ugh. Yeah, I know. I calendar everything. I have a fucking uh, Zoom uh passover seder this weekend and i'm like this sounds Jesus. like actual hell and suffering but that's kind of the point of passover is you celebrate <laughs> you celebrate the suffering of jews do you think that bernie sanders worse. dropped out of the race on passover like just to add insult to injury yeah yeah Wait, he he dropped out he just dropped out today he did i know i know it's my my heart hurts uh for myself was it because G- of Larry David? Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, it's because Larry David said, uh, yeah, you got to drop out. And then he gave a bunch of money to Pete Buttigieg or some shit. No, no I, I, he's, he had kind of softly endorsed Joe Biden. Oh, gross. That's, see, <laughs> that, it's that kind of Jew on Jew hate crime that just yeah. makes me hate politics. Yeah, I agree. You know? it was, the thing is, it was more of like a, uh, he's just not going to win. Yeah, that's but that's how a uh, Jew <laughs> does an endorsement. A Jewish and, uh, endorsement is. Uh, <laughs> that's how. He, he was that's like, how we I do endorsements. 
you said he's yeah. support, supportive since the beginning and exactly that was literally not gonna win so um yeah but the good news is uh you know we're the only sopranos podcast in a pandemic and thus we can start gouging people they're gonna have to stock up on pod yourself a gun episodes uh absolutely start hoarding our podcast so that's good like they hoard toilet paper and the other good news is that uh emily we get to play you and all the listeners once again the theme song Pod. 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 Podcast. Pod. 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 Podcast. The wonderful thing about doing this podcast uh, on Zoom is, uh, you know, because in person it's great, but also seeing people's faces during during the theme song just fills my heart with joy. Uh, I wish everyone out in uh, the podcast land could actually see it, but no, it's just for me. Um, all right, let's talk about it uh, today. We are talking about from season two, episode nine. From where to eternity? Um, and uh, Vince, why don't you break us off a little piece of that synopsis? Oh, I will. Uh, Christopher has an out-of-body experience that spooks Polly to no end. Carmela urges Tony to have a vasectomy. Visiting her own psychiatrist, Melfi reveals the unholy alliance she's made with Tony, as well as her growing dependence on pills and alcohol. All right. Great synopsis, except for the... Very last sentence uh, reveals a storyline that I thought was, uh, I say low-key useless, but uh, all the the other ones are great. Um, Before we delve into it, let's let's talk about the context. What was happening in the world when this episode aired? Vince, it's time for you to take us on a little trip back into the Wayback Machine. That's right. So this episode, uh, From Where to Eternity, uh, it premiered March 12, 2000. It was a Sunday. Uh, Some of the headlines... Uh, Wall Street guru Buffett, sorry for his stock's plunge. Uh, that was from uh, the uh, Boston Globe, uh, uh-huh. I believe. Oh, it's loading. It's loading. Oh, there we go. Uh, billionaire stock market guru Warren Buffett apologized yesterday for how his company's earnings and stock price plunged last year uh, when the boom on Wall Street turned even amateur investors into millionaires. Uh, so, yeah, he's going to lose his shirt, I feel like. I think he's going to. Yeah, that that Warren Buffett guy is done. Yeah. He's not uh he's not going to be a billionaire any longer. What a weird headline. Th- like did he he had was to that apologize? The whole well, his stock fell 20%. Uh they lost uh, the uh, ha- Berkshire Hathaway lost 42% of its value in 1999 apparently. Um so yeah, but uh, you know, it's good it's good to know with the benefit of hindsight that he landed on his feet. Yeah, yeah. If there's one thing I'm glad about from uh, the financial uh, problems of the uh, late 90s, early 2000s, I'm glad Warren Buffett still is a billionaire. You know, yeah. he's he's one of those guys that it's like, yeah, just take the money, dude. You you seem nice. Um, what else was going on, dude? <laughs> uh, so uh, the Boston Globe is also uh, handicapping who's going to become the Veeps because at this point. 
the nominees are basically decided. It's going to be Bush versus Gore. Uh, the headline is now the Veep stakes, and they have the top three candidates uh, for for Veep uh, among the Republicans. Uh, that was Tom Ridge, governor of Pennsylvania, uh, Ch- Chuck Hagel from Nebraska, senator, uh, and Elizabeth Dole, former president of Red Cl- Red Cross. Um. Is that then, like Bob Dole's daughter or some shit? I think it's his wife. Oh. What if she's from the the like the uh, I don't know canned pineapple fortune? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. She could be of of the of the pineapple doles or the mm-hmm. banana doles. Who, by the way, no, she's um, uh, she's part of the pencil doles. I believe she's actually Bob Dole's uh, wife. No, but like the Dole's Dole is like one of those fruit companies that like ravaged Latin America. It like it it, it made that's like where the term I believe it's where the term banana republic came from was yeah. uh literally just uh an entire economy based on like slave labor for bananas. Anyways, it's a little bit of Dole knowledge that I Dang, they're they're like work casual pants. They're so good. Yeah, they're great pants. I love Where a good banana. Where will I go? <laughs> so stupid. Uh, um, on the Democratic side, <laughs> uh, the top three uh, candidates, according to the Boston Globe, uh, were former Treasury Secretary Robert Rubin. Uh-huh. Uh, pros, Mr. Economic Prosperity. Cons, has never run for office. Uh, there was Diane Feinstein, senator from California, mm-hmm. uh, from Key cool. State, attracts women. Um and then Evan Bay, U.S. Senator from uh, Indiana. I don't know what happened to him. Sick. Probably some sort of scandal or something. I don't know. Who cares? He's from Indiana. Or he was Fast. just like you, Indiana, boring. Yeah, Who yeah, cares? yeah. He was just like, I have bigger dreams. Um, I I gotta say, uh, the Wayback Machine when it first started, I felt like it was one headline and then one movie. You're reading the entire paper now. Well, now I gotta give go- you the cultural context over here. You gotta know, yeah. Hey, yeah, it's very- I'm giving cultural context over here. Hey, all right. Uh, top movies: Mission to Mars, Ninth Gate, My Dog Skip. Those uh, are great movies. Yeah. Top what songs? are the top songs? Uh, there was "Say My Name" by Destiny's Child. Mm. Uh, in country, there was "How Do You Like Me Now" by Toby Keith, and uh, I feel like Toby <laughs> Keith's entire career is just based on uh, m- putting music to common phrases, like obnoxious phrases. No, it's all about him sticking it to somebody. That's like his yeah. thing. He's like, "How do you like me now? You didn't like me before. Now you probably yeah. still don't like me, but I got a guitar." And that, that's then it's like, we'll stick I learned your some boot chords. In the end. And like yeah. it's like literally no one likes you still. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, what's kind of amazing about it is that like 9/11 really made it so that they were like finally I can direct this anger at someone. <laughs> yeah. They were I just can, like I can direct my anger at women towards the Arabs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they spent it, they spent like about 8 years just being like how do you like me now, Osama? And then they <laughs> a few years later they were like how you like me now, Obama? And it's like, yeah. you know, I mean, o- Osama. Is... Yeah, Osama was like the in bed of country music. You just add it to whatever the, <laughs> the end of whatever they're singing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to talk about me, Osama. Yeah, I remember that shit. Um, it's a great song. Yeah. Um, the devil went down to Georgia. That's Osama. Not him. That's Charlie Daniels. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just thinking of country songs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know That's... many. That's the only country song that like Yankees know. 
It is. And it then, is true. And just kind of go, yeah, 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 devil went down to Georgia. I know what country music is. Say hi to yeah. Danny. Hey, Danny, oh, what I you ha- getting from the fridge? Oh, he's got headphones on too because I'm talking real loud. Oh, that's sick. That's sick. Well, when when he when he gets his headphones off, uh, you know, tell him I said hi. Tell him I said yeah, what's up. We watched the episode together. Actually, we had a good time. Oh, uh, nice, nice. But uh, we he did tell me that uh, back when he used to watch The Sopranos, he uh, had a problem with shoplifting because the <laughs> wait what? The sh- because the show makes you want to be bad. Like oh sure. So that's a, why. Wait 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 wait. Hold on. There's like a lot of dudes that say that when they watch The Sopranos, it made them want to do bad stuff. It made them want to do crimes. Like little <laughs> little fun, like crimes, <laughs> like little stuff. That's, that's, such a, that's such a weird reaction. I mean, I guess I get it a little bit. When I was watching The Sopranos, I guess I was doing crimes. I was doing a lot of drugs, but I feel like I was doing drugs. Well, Either there you way. go. <laughs> it's yeah. all coming together. Yeah, I guess. I guess I was it, yeah. trying really sh- hard to have a gumad, but then I realized you had to have like an actual significant other first. Uh, yeah, at the time when you're dating, and I did not you, you have can, that at the time. You can just consider everyone your gumar. You know, yeah. when you're What's when a you're gumar? single, a gumar is um, it's, it's a, a girlfriend mistress. on the side. Yeah. It's your mistress. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's why. Oh, we'll get into it. I guess. We'll get into it. Um, and so now, uh, after taking a little trip into the Wayback Machine, you know, we we saw that apparently Warren Buffett was losing money. They were trying to find a veep and people were really enjoying the movie My Dog Skip. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, now let's talk about this episode. Uh, and first, let me just uh, break you off uh, a little bit of the uh, Bada B stories. Here's the what was going on in this episode. Uh, number one, uh, Richie April is searching for Matthew Bevilacqua. He's hiding somewhere. Um, uh, Chris has a vision of hell. Uh, Polly is freaking out over that vision. Pussy suspects that Tony suspects. Carm wants Tony to get snipped and Melfi pushes too far. Um, so that's, that's, those are the basic storylines of the episode. Um, yeah, we're picking up right where the last one left off. Chris, Chris got shot in an attempted whacking, uh, by, uh, by, by Matt Bevilacqua and Sean Jizz Gismonti. They tried to whack him off. Uh, they were yeah, unsuccessful. Yeah. They shot his spleen up. He tried to, he tried to do what? They tried, tried, to to whack, sh- tried to whack him off right in the street. Yeah, yeah. He just saw, you know, Chris in the street and said, uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to whack him off, you know? I'm going to I'm gonna suck his... Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> now I've gone too far. Uh, yeah. Um, so that did not end well. Uh, you know, Sean ended up, uh, you know, getting uh, uh, getting a load right in his face, yeah, if you know what I mean. That's true, yeah. He and got- by that, I mean he got shot in the head. Um, meanwhile, Matthew Bevilacqua runs away from this failed uh, assassination attempt and he runs into Richie and Richie basically chases him off with a baseball bat and is like, get the fuck out of here. So now it is this episode. He told uh, him to skedaddle. He's like, skedaddle. Yeah, yeah. He said, I, I don't want any malarkey over here. <laughs> um, and uh, so right now, Matthew Bevilacqua is in hiding and uh, Chris is in the hospital fighting for his life. Yeah. Uh, and this is this is uh, uh, the, the Chris storyline is is interesting. It's it's for the most part just him um, recovering in the hospital. Um, but uh, the first thing I want to ask is uh, at the. Well, I, we should point out that this episode was written by Michael Imperioli. Oh, that is an important point. And uh, I got to say, 
that Michael Imperioli, um, although he plays a um, dumb mafioso who's not very creative and a shitty writer uh, on the show in real life, ended up writing one of my absolute favorite episodes of The Sopranos. This is one of my favorites, Vince. What did you What did you think about the episode? Uh, I liked it, though. I do wonder. So the trivia for this episode, uh, Michael Imperioli says the idea of Christopher's experiences in this episode came from a spec script he had written between the first and second seasons about Christopher overdosing on drugs and having an afterlife experience. Uh, when he talked to showrunner David Chase about this, Chase said that Christopher would get shot in the second season and the afterlife part could be added uh, to the story, which... Uh, and this episode's good, but it does make me wonder if that's why we had such a shitty episode before this, because like they had this storyline already going and they had to like rush their way into it. Yeah. So you're saying that um, you think you think that it was they but then they would have had to have created the entire Matthew Bevilacqua um, storyline, I imagine, with the idea that he and Sean Gismonti would shoot Chris and so I, I feel like that came first. And I got to say, th- to me, that sounds like proof that once again, uh, Michael Imperioli is a really good writer because his idea of having Chris Moltisante overdose and have this all happen is actually, better. I think, a better story <laughs> yeah. than yeah. just him. Him getting shot was was like, yeah. oh, no. But, you know, we it it seems like it served the purpose of getting rid of these two idiot characters, Matthew and Sean. Um, I kind of yeah. thought this was one just long drawn out commercial for Diet Fanta. Uh-huh. That's true. This was definitely sponsored by. J- <laughs> Honestly, it made yeah. me kind of want one. <laughs> it did. It did. Yeah. As as he was drinking the Fanta, Matthew Bevelock was last drink as a Diet Fanta. I was just thinking, wanna Fanta? Don't you wanna wanna Fanta? I no, mean, he even I asked, say. "Do you want a fa- Fanta?" So yeah. And he's like, don't, don't I, don't I want a Fanta? Don't I, don't I, don't I? Like, by the way, that scene uh, of, and I say, we let's get this scene out of the way. And in fact, the storyline out of the way of them finding um, Matthew Bevilacqua. I say, let's get out of the way because to me, it's the least interesting thing in the story. Um, but that scene where he, uh, they find him uh, and Tony and Big Pussy, um, question him and then kill him as uh, it's one of those like Sopranos moments where you're just like, this is, this is a uh, really, uh, I thought it was a really good show. I just thought I, I was like, yeah, sorry. I, I just wanted, sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to comment that I've seen, uh, I think almost everything I've watched since in quarantine involves someone being so scared that they peed themselves. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I yeah. feel like it's such a cliche in like uh in movies and, and television where it's like this guy's really scared yeah, how are we yeah. gonna show it because he's a man yeah it's hard it's, it's hard to tell if a man's scared <laughs> uh he also and, called uh, for his mommy which is another fun thing that they that's always fucking do. great that yeah. i liked that the best out of all of it yeah uh, but the piss down the jeans thing there's so many movies that do it and i it's always a close up on like their shoe yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Thing. and it's like give me that crotch shot baby yeah. yeah yeah every time i piss it just like stays in the front of my jeans it doesn't go all the it way down it goes straight yeah. to the back of my jeans so it looks like i shit myself yeah and that i think is an important point too i think that um 
I think it's more likely what they need to do, like the brave thing is like show him just taking a, a mad dump. You know, like show him like just like farting his ass off no, 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 as no, no. he's screaming. There are, there are movies and TV that do that, but instead it's another person going, "Ugh, did you?" Yeah, shoot right, yeah. right. It's but like that's, you don't get to see the shit in the pants. I know. To me, that's too Greek tragedy, where all yeah. of the all the drama happens off screen. I want to see like the shit roll out of the butthole and down the pant leg, and just like little dude, yeah. just shit a little dude. Shit rolls downhill. Saturate- yeah, <laughs> I want to see it. I want to see this shit roll downhill. But also, they couldn't. I want to hear. That. I want. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I just want to hear that metal chair farts. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He's yeah. sitting well, on the, a chair. The problem was uh, they already used the uh, someone has the nervous shits in the last episode, and it was Jiz Monty oh, who, who would you know he had to take a dump when they're robbing safes. So. Yeah, that's a it good point. Been... They were like, hey, we can't do too much shit. We got to have him piss himself. Yeah. Um, there's something really effective, I think, about pissing yourself for me because I, I it's like I, it is definitely cliche, but I can't imagine being I have a shy bladder. I can't take a piss when I'm like like if I'm in a stall and there's a guy I need to have one stall space on either side of me and then I need wow. to close my eyes. That's the only way I can piss in a stall. Otherwise, That's I have really to. Really inconvenient. Uh, 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 or, or, or what do you call it? At a urinal. At a stall, I'm fine. At a stall, I'm fine. If there's a closed door, I'm good. But I'm just yeah. saying, like, I can't imagine being so scared that I have like a nice, like, if that pee pee comes out of out of uh, my my pee pee real fast. Uh-huh. That pee pee come out of my pee pee. <laughs> why? Have, why are we the most childish? I did. I did actually used to nervous piss when i was a kid yeah like piss my pants like it was always during like uh during flashlight tag or mm. during uh hide and seek sure when sure, i thought sure. someone was gonna get me and it was like you had to be really quiet i'd pee my pants every time so yeah. i think i i really do identify with this episode <laughs> sure sure <laughs> yeah i mean i just like i find it effective to see someone pissing themselves because it's number one it's like well, that's nice. It sounds good to just like be able to let the pee out. I just, uh, I, what can I say? Shy bladder. Yeah. But, uh, for me, it's just a big turn on. You know, anytime I see someone peeing themselves in fear, yeah. like, you know, my mouth waters a little. Yeah. Just a little bit of <laughs> drink that pee. All right. Um, <laughs> this is a family friendly podcast. Anyways, um, so we open up with, um, you know, Chris is in the hospital. Right. And so, yeah, like I, I did want to say about this episode. I mean, the beginning of the episode, when it's got all the supernatural stuff, I was already basically like pre-groaning because uh-huh. I feel like anytime you get invested in like uh, an Irish or an Italian uh, tour, you know, they're going to have at least one stinker about like Catholic guilt. And it's going to be like very sure. some very like Catholic centric yeah. thing that like, honestly, I don't mm-hmm. I don't really give a shit about. Like, uh, I love Scorsese, but then I, I try to watch Silence and it's just like three hours of him just fucking guilting us over and over again where it's like i get it you guys got issues uh with religion uh so i thought that's what we're getting and we kind of did through the first part of the episode but then it uh it it won me over uh when polly ended up trying to collect from god which (laughs) i thought was oh yeah it won me over and and it it, it turned the whole episode around for me yeah yeah and for me, uh, I feel like what I loved about this, I mean, I, I guess I see what you're saying with regards to, uh, 
you know, uh, Catholic guilt and Catholicism in this episode. But uh, I, I thought that for the most part, um, it introduced a lot of uh, character traits in uh, several uh, Sopranos characters that kind of live on throughout the series. And, like this to me is the first episode where you see Polly Walnuts um, and you see his like superstitiousness. Like <laughs> yeah. superstitious Polly is best Polly. Right. That's that- also you see him shirtless and not bad. Yeah. And you see him with a girlfriend, which is something that I don't think you've From seen. Scrubs. Before. Yeah, it's a it's a lady from Scrubs, right? The actress who plays, oh God, we gotta now I gotta do that. She's from the thing with the other thing. And yeah, she's uh, she's from the thing. She's from the whatchamacallit. But yeah, uh, I thought that was. I I don't really think we see much of like Polly in a sexual light in the show. I mean, you know, he's she's like hanging out at the Bing and stuff. She seems very unbimbo like for someone who'd be dating Polly. Yeah, that's a good point. It, It gives like. An interesting perspective in terms of like what Polly's life was at this point in the show, which was that like he had a girlfriend but not a wife and was taking care of her kids um, with her. Uh, but anyways, I mean, I thought that was that was kind of like that's not consistent with the Polly that we know from the rest of the series. But the superstitious Polly, the one who's afraid of like cats sleeping on you and and uh and sucking your soul out and shit like that like this is the poly that i love and um so yeah let's uh, let's get into it um the uh so chris wakes up from uh almost dying in the hospital from getting shot um and he calls in tony and Polly. And uh, because he he's the first people he wanted to see after he after he got out of the coma and he uh, basically tells him uh, about a uh, a vision that he had. And I and we have some audio from that. I saw the tunnel and a white light. I saw my father in hell. Get the fuck out of here. And the bouncer said that I'd be there, too, when my time comes. What bounce? The Emerald Piper. That's our hell. It's an Irish bar where it's St. Patrick's Day every day, forever. Mikey Palmisi and Brendan Fallon were there, too. They were friends. They were playing dice with two Roman soldiers and a bunch of the Irish guys. And the Irish, they were winning every role. This is... The worst version of The Wizard of Oz ever. (laughs) (laughs) The end. And you were there? And yeah. you? Yeah. Everyone I've ever killed was there. And also the Irish. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> you know you're in hell uh, when the Irish start winning at gambling. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and it was even, what was it called? The, the Emerald The Emerald, the Emerald Bar? Piper. What was The Emerald Piper. The Emerald Piper. <laughs> um, yeah. So th- this, this dream is uh, explained and not seen, which is something that uh, I think was a good choice on oh, uh, yeah. on Michael Imperioli's part. No, I, I can't. That's the thing is like the Sopranos kind of uh, I mean, they innovated the uh, like prestige TV dream sequences like everyone's copied dream sequences from the Sopranos ever since. And I'm really glad this one was just explained because uh, to to visualize it, it's stupid. Uh, yeah. And I can't imagine <laughs> well, I, I to also, try to actually. 
I also thought it worked well because at first I thought that was just like Chrissy's gallows humor, which that'd be a pretty funny joke where he's like, yeah, of course nothing happened, but he tells him, uh, you know, yeah, I went to hell. It was St. Patrick's Day every day and the Irish are always yeah. winning at gambling. Uh, I thought that was but, just going to be like his joke, which would have been a good joke. It would have been a good. It was really humorous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it would have been a good joke had he just been joking. And it's an even better joke, the fact that it's like real or at least real to him. Like in terms of a dream sequence, it's very, it's, it's very guys and dolls. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys are a big musical crowd, but uh, it, it's just like, it's very theatrical. It's like all, it's yeah. like p- people that he's whacked. Uh, or people who he knows that have been whacked at an Irish bar playing with Roman soldiers. It's very like, sit down, you're rocking the ball. Yeah. Like it's they a very had, good. Uh, Ralph, you... They could have had Ralph DeMeo's and the Technicolor, or the Techno Leather Dream Coat. Uh, Techno Leather last, Dream Coat from last episode. Very nice. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. But yeah. Um, and can I ask a question? Yo, yes, uh, please. So I, of course, have not watched the show in a long time. I just tuned into this episode for the podcast but is this the how uh christopher gets addicted to morphine no he has been already oh okay wait has he been doing heroin already i don't think so yeah he was in the italy episode he was all not oh that's true that's true that's true so he he definitely had already been doing opiates um but what was great about it was the fact that like he was uh fucking while when Carmela comes to visit him in oh, his uh, yeah. <laughs> and he just uh, and she starts saying that like you've <laughs> had a vision from the other side and he, she he's just pressing the morphine drip button <laughs> over mean, and over it's so funny it's like it's it's really fun to watch because it, it makes a lot of sense to me it's also makes me wonder does uh do they still let you do that in the hospital? They did you not know, let me do that the last time I was in the hospital. Well, they do this. I feel like they do yeah. this dumb thing, thing where they ask you like, "What is uh, like what level of pain you have on a scale of one to ten, Which is kind of bullshit because you're like, or oh. the the smiley faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was for me. It was like a, on a scale of one to ten, which was ob- obnoxious because then I had to figure out what number I had to say in order to get the actual like morphine drip and not just like, right. You're like the you morphine have to remember number. Please. Every time you've been in pain before that, yeah, and yeah. Compare it to yeah. That. yeah, and they're it's yeah. always it's yeah. always introduced really dumb. They're like, you know, if one is like a stub toe and ten is getting your head cut off, and I'm always kind of like, I've never like, had my head cut off. I've never had my head cut <laughs> off. Head, I don't think it would hurt also, that much. And, it would be uh, painless yeah, and because like, it would destroy your central nervous system. You should have said that to him. First of all, in fact, that's probably the real test. The yeah. real test is if you um actually them when they say <laughs> 10 is getting your head cut then off. You're that definitely means, not getting it. Then you're definitely not getting it because they're like, oh, you're very cognizant right now. Someone yeah. who's in a lot of pain wouldn't be so snarky. On a number from uh, 1 to 10, what level of pain are you at right now? And you say, oh, ow, ow, oh, I'm horny. <laughs> That's so dumb. Uh, <laughs> horny. I'm horny. I'm that pain. I'm that level of pain. Um, yeah, so th- this isn't um, the first time that that uh, Chris has been shown to, you know, be addicted to opiates. But it, it, it still, this episode does introduce um, uh, the fact that Polly is a superstitious person. I think it's the first and episode. In it which, also introduces like, really like the existence of the supernatural uh, spirit world. It, yeah. 
does, but the, I think we'll we'll get into that in a second. Um, but uh, what I love about this episode, I think, is uh, is Polly's journey um, that is completely based on this one thing. He's got nothing else going on in this episode, but uh, this obsession with Chris's vision. Mm-hmm. And at one point, he tries to uh, like. Uh, he tries to say, "Hey, you know, it's not, it's not hell because it's, it wasn't hot. It's, it's purgatory. Nope, nobody had horns. Nobody had horns, and it I wasn't do, hot. I love his mathematical approach to uh, belief in the afterlife. Oh, it's fantastic. I, 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 I wrote it down because I thought it was so good. It was like you add up all your mortal sins and multiply that number by fifty. Then." You add up all your venal sins and multiply that by 25. Then you add them together, and that's your sentence. And you'll be in purgatory for 6,000 years. (laughs) But then 6,000 years is like two days to people on Earth. It goes like eternity goes by a lot faster in purgatory. Not to mention, (laughs) as we know from Goodfellas, you know, wise guys don't go to the same prison that everybody else goes to. Like, they're going to be, they have their own section of purgatory where oh, like one guy makes the meat on a high, he does the steaks on a hot plate <laughs> and they're going to be bringing in lobsters. And then the one guy's going to have the, uh, the, the razor to cut the garlic up that liquefies in a little bit of oil, which is a very good system. I, I, I really do love that. Um, like Polly looks through everything through the lens of being in the mafia. Uh, like <laughs> not just, yeah, yeah like, like the the number one thinking of purgatory is just like it's prison time that you can do on your head. It's like, hey, listen, as long as I'm, I, I'll, I'll do, I'll do six thousand years. You know, that's not a problem at all. Yeah, you know, because like God is the ultimate judge. Yeah, yeah, God judge is the Judy. only judge. Yeah, exactly. That's true. And then he also, he also looks at fucking. Uh, he looks at the catholic church in the same way where it like he's looking at them as he's doing a collection it's like he's doing a collection or the i can't tell if he's doing a collection or the catholic church is the one he's like yeah no you're right yeah like he he is paid uh he has paid the catholic church protection money and that's why he doesn't understand why you know all the catholic church is like a spiritual mafia yes it really is i mean that's (laughs) exactly what it is and and that you know is definitely in terms of our uh you know, the real gangster section of this podcast, like who's the real gangster? Um, I would definitely say the Catholic Church is yeah. is is the real gangster in this episode. Yeah, um, because he didn't uh, give a shit. He didn't give fa- a shit that he was like pulling out. He's like, you'll never see a cent from me again. He's just like. You'll yeah. be back. Yeah, you'll be back. <laughs> you'll be back. <laughs> yeah. He even says, actually, I have a clip from it. Uh, it's called Polly's Priest. Play okay. that for, for us. Three years of donations to your parish. And this is what this guy sees hanging over me? You should have never gone to a psychic. It's divination. It's the devil. Psychics are heretics and thieves who practice witchcraft. There's no validity to anything he told you. Maybe, but irregardless. I should have had immunity to all of this Love shit. Love that. Yeah. I should have been covered by my donations. You should have come to me first, and none of this would have happened. It's too late. You've been slacking off on me, and you left me unprotected. I'm cutting you off for good. You ain't never going to see another dime from me. Yeah, that priest is just like when Beansy, when, when Richie Aprile thinks that Beansy went to Tony and not him. He's like, what are you going to him for? This is my turf. 
And not only that, but it's also you go see a psychic. Uh, no, I don't think so. It's also what the Godfather says uh, to Bonacera in the opening of Godfather One is like, why didn't you come to me first? You know, why did you go to the police? Uh, it, it's like it's the Catholic Church is basically doing uh, spiritual extortion on Polly. Um, That's true. My favorite thing about uh, Polly's uh, uh, what is it bargaining uh -huh. with himself over whether or not uh, Christopher actually saw hell when he was saying like it's it's hot no it wasn't hot it was like it was like when you go to webmd and convince yourself you didn't get herpes yeah you're just like okay so i don't have this so yeah. it's not that like, did you or it's like like i have a sore but i i haven't had any muscle aches yeah so it's like coronavirus a little bit like I anytime gonna, i cough i, I like say. look at that mm -hmm. and then Which, it's like by the way okay, it's like so, the most worthless chart ever it's like like every single symptoms is like corona sometimes sometimes people have that like it's like the most uh inconclusive chart of all time yeah it's my just, favorite is like a dry cough i'm like what the fuck is a dry cough <laughs> yeah it's it's weird I've because i've never had one of those i've definitely um it's gone the opposite down some... of those fruity coughs you know it's got <laughs> like a nice alcoholic finish yeah a nice a, a, a drunk uh nice wet cough no, like I've gone down the rabbit hole of WebMD before and I've noticed that it's like there's just only so many symptoms that actually the human body can exhibit. It's like it'd be nice if there were more specific. It'd be like, oh, listen, if if you've got uh, scabies, you'll know because uh, you'll have uh, your skin will break out in swastikas. Yeah, it, like, should, be, be nice it should be like <laughs> identifying a spider. It's like, well, did you have <laughs> did you have a red hourglass shape on your thorax? <laughs> uh, if not, then it's probably not poisonous. Yeah, exactly. Um, but. Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting watching him bargain. It's interesting watching Polly's uh where Polly's head goes and and uh the fact that that um cuz Polly is someone who's superstitious but he also is like of the modern world so he believes in science and he believes in science so much that it actually convinces him that that uh Chris's uh vision was real because of the fact that he was clinically dead for a minute. Yeah. And he has yeah. one of one of my favorite lines ever, uh, which uh, I have an audio for. Which Polly's freaking out? Polly's freaking out. How much can you believe in dreams? Christopher did not have a dream. A dream I make my peace. He was dead. Science said he was dead. Science. One. <laughs> I just, you know, it's, he's got respect for science, but not so much respect that he, that it in any way hurts his uh, belief in ghosts. And that's like the perfect, that's, yeah. that's like the perfect place that you want to be to be that level of polygangster where you're just like, hey, listen, if science says he's dead, he's dead. And therefore he met Jesus Christ and he met the devil. It's, uh, it's very poly of him. And I feel only, like... Mm -hmm. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I feel like that uh, that scene kind of inspired the Nick Kroll sketch about like they were kind of Guido Italian guys who were ghost hunters. <laughs> Have you seen that? I haven't seen it, but that oh sounds amazing. Oh my God, it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta see it, but now that I think about it, I feel like this storyline really inspired that sketch. Yeah, I I haven't seen it, but I do feel like the the show in general, uh, and maybe it's not. Maybe the show was the first people. They couldn't have been the first people to realize that anyone with a Guido accent talking about spirituality is inherently funny. Uh, yeah, I think I, oh, yeah. I think Italians just tend to be superstitious, especially Sicilians. So it's kind of oh, oh sure. Uh, uh, I think that's just, you got to address it at some point, you know. Well, I think if you're a criminal and you still haven't, like, gotten in permanent trouble for what you've done, you probably have to be superstitious. Yeah, that's true. There's part I mean, of you. The fact that you still haven't gotten caught, like, there's something else is at work here. Not uh, yeah. just that yeah. the system is broken. It's just so, like. So yeah. in this ep- episode, we basically find out that, you know, like, the psychic is real and, uh, and Polly has some uh, the ghosts of the people that he killed chasing him around. Uh, but I, I did think Tony's explanation for why he believes it's not real was really was really good. Uh, surprisingly yeah. insightful for Tony, I thought when he, you know, the, he's trying to convince Polly that it's all fake, and he's like, "Did you have a steak today?" And he's yeah, like, what? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What was I, that about? I forget the steak line. Repeat that one. For uh, me. He's basically asking if if he eats steak because, like, if he lived in India, like that would be uh, that yeah. would be hell worth. Like, he's basically making an argument for moral relativism and like cultural uh, cultural specific definitions of sin, which uh, right. you know, pretty pretty yeah. insightful for Tony. I thought. Yeah. Yeah, but I think yeah. Tony's the king of bargaining, though, as yes. we know yes. from his therapy session. Like he's. He'll, he could bargain anything out of his own mind. So. Right, yeah. He's, I mean, he's it's definitely, self-serving for sure. It's always self-serving, yeah. It's yeah, like, because the ghosts are real. Like, <laughs> right. that's the thing about this show. There is a, uh, there is, a, like we were talking about earlier, there is a supernatural element to the show now where there could be a spinoff. I don't know. Yeah, yeah <laughs> where... it's, it's, it's very true. It could just be uh, a spinoff of, of this one uh, psychic who and exists just, in the show. No, I think it's just the Long Island medium. I think that that's the. Spin-off. Oh, that's true. That's yeah. true. It I, is yeah. like it, it, he's basically the original Long Island medium. I yeah, do have. He's just Edie Falco. Like it's him dressed as Edie Falco. <laughs> that's what the Long Island medium is. Yeah, uh, I do have a, a clip of Polly uh, at the psychic's place, which I thought was a uh, very good scene. Oh yeah, you're with your son. The fuck. I don't got no kids. Oh, oh, Sonny. Pagano? Kind spirit. Is your name Sonny? Charles Pagano. How the fuck do you know that? He says he was your first. But I feel many more. Hey! That one's laughing. Poison Ivy? He wants to know if it still itches. 
Don't fuck with me. Who you been talking to? I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Fuck you and this bullshit. That's what this is, you know. Satanic black magic. Sick shit. I'm Throw that chair. To leave, sir. Yeah? Fucking quiz! <laughs> <laughs> You talk about the the ultimate fucking like Italian Italian mobster defense mechanism is to be like this is this gay. is Satan this is Satan everyone's gay <laughs> like like the, uh, that's the only way you could just uh, when by the way the dude just like uh, someone needs to explain that that psychic to me and it never gets explained. Because it's real. It's like I would it just, like it if it, they came back around and we find out the psychic is actually an FBI agent, and that is part of his. Uh, that is part of the way they're like infiltrating the mob as they got this guy to pose as as a psychic to reveal all the honestly, stuff they know from a wire. It's 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 genius because it absolutely would work, and if if that isn't how all mobsters since uh, like 1990 have been caught. Uh, I would be surprised because yeah. that would work. You yeah. absolutely could get a bunch of like Italian, uh, New Jersey, especially like housewives to like let a psychic come in and they'd be like, okay, do you know where such and such is? And then you just admit everything to him and then boom, you got that's, him. Uh, that's Seems how like the a Long good Island to... medium started out. She's actually uh, in the FBI. I, you're fucking with me, right? <laughs> no, I was just saying that's a joke, but. Okay, that's. Uh, I thought you were fucking with yeah, me because, yeah. like, sounds if you told a little me, true. Like, it I, that's sounds why that's weird. believable. It does sound believable, but uh, yeah, that is my absolute favorite scene. Um, probably, uh, definitely of the episode. Probably in this season, it is such a funny fucking Polly scene, and it really sets up Polly as being like he was already, you know, like at this point in the series, up there is one of those characters you really like to watch. But he's he's one of the favorite. Anytime there's a Polly episode, you get excited. Yeah. And that kind of uh, that started, I think, after this one because that and is. And he's also kind of sexy. Who knew? He is hot. He is hot. He's got kinda like hot. The the way is he's got the like the the he's a gray winged, wings a in fox. his hair. He really is, and uh, you know, strong. So he's like a strong, like a bull. Mm -hmm. He's a hot little. He's a hot little man, and uh, <laughs> he's filled, filled with like. And he was nice conflicts. to that lady's children. He was. He was. That's the thing. Very he's sweet. A, he's a multi-layered character. He's By the got way, layers. Uh, the actress that played his love interest for the episode, which I'm not sure if you continue seeing her, but she's really great. I don't Judy think so. Reyes. Judy Reyes, yeah, from Scrubs. Yeah, and yeah. She's, she's... She's also in Claws. She's in Claws. Sure. I haven't love, seen love Claws. That one. Claws is fun. I haven't seen it. I It seems nice. I like... Uh, that's, the one I like with the, the, that's the one with Tim Allen, right? <laughs> what? <laughs> You're thinking, oh, I got it. Thinking uh, of the Santa Claus. Oh, Very oh good. that's the Santa Claus. Oh, dang. Very yeah. good. That is a Hilarious. solid joke, dude. It's You're... the show with Nisi Nash. It's very uh -huh. good. Everyone watch it. Right, Everyone's so got like uh, long nails. Should we do favorite scene, least favorite scene now? Uh, yeah, well, definitely. I mean, uh, my favorite scene is the psychic scene. I feel bad for like taking it, but that's going to be mine. Um, what about yours, Vince? Favorite? 
Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll take the, the coda to that, which is Polly thinking, uh, you know, the church is a protection racket. What about you, Emily? You have a favorite scene? I liked all of the scenes with Drea De Mateo. Yes. Uh, I think she's so beautiful. <laughs> she's gorgeous and she she's a is beautiful crier. Like yes. just such a good crier. Just like her eye makeup didn't fucking budge, but her yeah. face was just like blotchy. She was so sad and she was getting hugged by everybody. Everybody was like constantly in a circle hugging her. Yeah, and it was like, look at all these big dudes. How lovely is that? And and she's a really great actress. She, she really is. I like her a lot. <laughs> she did win an Emmy for, I can't remember if it's she this did season for supporting yeah. actress. It's got to be. It's got to be like fifth or sixth season, and w- without getting into spoilers. Um, but yeah. yeah, she is. She is fantastic, and and it's. Uh, it definitely is the first time uh, so far for her character that you. You really see her range as an actress because she's kind of oh, like yeah. up until this point, she's just kind of like a pissy girlfriend. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you wonder and if she's playing herself because like her name is Drea and she's playing a, a girl named Adriana. You're like, oh, did they just did they just like will just use her real life? You kind of think that she's just that person and they put her in. No, the show. I think it was the opposite because a lot of suits in Hollywood are fucking dumb. Right. And the name was already that. And then she walked in. They were like, oh, your name's Drea. What a fucking coincidence. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> fucking idiots. But, um, but, but yeah, I mean, I think that's a mark of someone who's like a very talented uh, actor is when they can like you when they can fool you into thinking, oh, that's just who this actor is this, well, she's this isn't also a just character fascinating and graceful to watch she's oh yeah also every scene with edie falco it's oh it's those amazing. bangs god damn it her hair is so beautiful and then the bangs yeah yeah the bangs <laughs> exist like... and you just have to deal with it because of it's it's you know what it's the year 2000 but it was filmed it's in awful. the 90s it's so awful and it's I, I mean, it, I guess it does make the character, but it makes me like hate her a little it bit. It dates more. the character, uh, which I think is a perfect segue into yeah, our that's segment. True. Uh, it's the '90s, Vince. You gotta, you gotta cue me up, man. All right. It's the '90s. Parents are supposed to discuss sex with their children. It's the '90s. It's, it's the '90s. '90s. Uh, so. Um, in terms of 90sness uh, in this episode, uh, I think you're correct uh, that I, I see her bangs, uh, Edie Falco's bangs, um, as kind of 90s bangs. It's like there was, a, no. I mean, is, you don't agree? No, I don't know who the fuck ever had that hair. Like it's, <laughs> it is a concoction that somebody uh-huh. else, like it is the anti, like the anti-hero to the Rachel Sure, sure, sure. It's yeah, like this it's, thing. It's the New with, Jersey Rachel. Ugh, it just <laughs> the thing that sucks though is that the rest of her hair is so beautiful and perfect mm-hmm. and luxurious. And then those fucking bangs are just like they're like they look like they're made of steel too. Yeah. They look like they're sharp. Like they would they would pierce your eyeball if you she fell asleep using gel. in the wrong Maybe way. Maybe she was using gel. I used to use really good hair gel that would make you uh, I used to have spiky hair. Yep, you have uh, ice spiker. It wasn't ice, but it was like I think it was called like American 
crew or something like that or like american bod it was something where it was like it had america on it and i was like yeah i'm american toby i'm gonna stab people with my head toby keeps saying the theme song in the commercial yeah (laughs) your american hair uh i'll put a boot in your ass osama i think the the lead singer of sugar ray would sing that yes yeah 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 um But uh, so maybe not the bangs. I was shoehorning that. But in terms of 90s uh, stuff, um, I would say uh, AJ definitely took the cake in this episode. Number one, uh, in the hospital, he's playing a Game Boy Color, I believe. Um, And uh, number two, in bed, uh, when he is sulking in his room, (laughs) he is reading Paintball Magazine. Yeah, yeah. that was great. That was my favorite part. (laughs) <laughs> that is my the first thing my boyfriend noticed. And I like wasn't looking at it at all. And he noticed it. And I was like, what the fuck would you read that for? I mean, is there is there words? That's the question. No, no, no. You know what he was really looking at? He was what? looking at porn inside of the paintball. No, I think he was actually looking it's... at paintball. I think he was checking think... out the latest models. Or Mad Magazine. Yeah. I think that paintball magazine, I think it's both. It's a mixture of porn and paintball <laughs> guns. So it's yeah, like it's titties. Like, it's the, but the with bitches paint. from Deer Hunter before they did the Deer Hunter are doing <laughs> yeah. paintball magazines exactly Man. that's that's exactly right hold on uh, are you saying matt are you saying that you didn't have a paintball gun in the 90s i didn't um i had a bb gun um because paintball was something that like um would have required you to go out somewhere and yeah. going outside was illegal in my household <laughs> so so and if i had a friend who was going to take me paintballing it would be one of those things where i would have to um, I would have to lie to my parents about what I was doing. And at that age, uh, I was too scared to lie. Yeah. So it wasn't until high school when I was okay with lying to my parents about what I was doing. And at that point, paintballs, uh, no one, no one did it anymore. Paintball See, paintballs was... in LA, uh, kind of got replaced by high school with drugs. Right. Well, uh-huh. also, like you just, uh, you know, you grew up in the city, whereas I grew up in the country where there was no like. You didn't have to go somewhere to go paintball. You just walked outside, and then yeah, yeah. You'd you'd have to go to a like a place where they like strategically put like you know things of hay, and then you would shoot near them. And uh, no, we didn't. Whereas we didn't have in my town, you know, you could just go to your friend's house whose dad had like an abandoned car, and you'd like hide hide. You'd hide behind like the car that's uh, in the yard, like the junk sure. car. He has, you know, they got a couple of junk cars that you could hide behind and use as a base. And uh, oh, do you yeah. think that the the Paintball Weekly was kind of a foreshadowing idea that he might become a hitman one day? I mean, I think there was part of it was like it was just showing the doughiness of the character because he he basically, and that's kind of a theme in the episode too, is the fact that like Tony, uh, his only son is this pudgy clumsy uh you know <laughs> kind of like emo or i guess at the time it wasn't considered emo just like a new metal kid who yeah. uh you know he wasn't interested in like fucking guns so much as he interested in paintball and n64 you know like yeah he he had the, his kid was a product of 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 the 90s and so he just feels so much shame about the fact that like this kid is uh 
is going to, in his mind, amount to nothing. Well, you know? I think it's also he sees all his worst traits reflected back at him, one of which is oh, that, yeah. you know, he's kind of doughy and uh, unathletic. But I also think right. Tony in junior high would definitely, definitely have played paintball. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It makes you wonder how he and Big Pussy managed to wrangle that buff dude into a shed. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. I guess a, I guess a gun will do it. Yeah. But why doesn't helps. that guy have a gun? Shouldn't that guy always have a gun, too? How does well, that fucking work? He looked like he had been pre-beaten up. So I imagine uh, some more in-shape goons jumped him, beat him up, and then handed him off. That was Not, my guess. Maybe, but yeah, I guess. I guess it was when he was talking to big pussy or whatever he was like call off the other guy it's just you and me right but i think that was specifically for the murder right he was like we want to be the ones uh, who kill him the guy the heroin Uh, addict and his buddies maybe beat beat him up to you know curry favor he's got all these young kids trying to curry favor with him because they want to be in the mafia so yeah yeah everyone wants to be uh you know in 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 the mafia and uh you know some people don't make it through what can you do uh (laughs) But yeah. but it, it brings us to the storyline. Wait, wait, uh, but we haven't we haven't said uh, least favorite scenes. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. Least favorite. Um my least favorite personally was uh the Melfi talking to her therapist scene. Um because of the fact that like they do this a lot with Melfi's character where it's like she and Tony will have a scene together that kind of, uh, you know, uh, where there's a lot of nuance and you can kind of read into the individual character's motivations. And then whenever they bring in Melfi's uh, therapist, they, they they double up on psychiatry. So now they're just explaining what that scene was about. Right, and yeah. I don't need that. It's like that. the director's commentary. It, yeah, exactly. It's funny because I actually, that part I didn't mind so much. I just thought he was such a fucking little dweeb i just he was like he was like i feel for you at yeah. the end it's like fuck you dude yeah. why yeah, are you yeah. trying to be in you you think that you're above me as a therapist just because <laughs> you're my therapist suck a yeah. dick you fucking suck yeah, like, yeah no and he Bogdana does he consistently yeah he consistently sucks that's the thing about uh her therapist is that like you like you keep seeing him throughout uh the series less and less um but i do feel like every time he's there he's just there to hear what melfi has to say and then like shit on her life and her life choices yeah Yeah. that's what it seems like and she's like and i've been drinking and i'm like who doesn't yeah Yeah, right (laughs) everyone everyone drinks yeah i know well i do no but it's like no it's true though it's like uh, the the idea that she has a problem with drinking or whatnot and all that to me is just like it's extra it's too much extra for this character who i think is uh is uh, she she does enough on her own with the scenes with tony i don't need you to tell me her backstory uh with regards to her problems my favorite thing about her and i of course haven't watched the show in a while is that her allure and her like steely nature of oh yeah of her keeping it together during these while also challenging him is Mm -hmm is really great she's a great character i just oh, don't yeah. need a backstory on her i mean you don't and no it's yeah it's 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 not that like she can't have a backstory it's that like because, the way they do it is it's the way they do it it's like because of the fact that like 
her problems uh, tend to be like her issue with her son at one point or the fact that like, you know, she drinks a little bit too much wine and, and, and then her issues it's literally are like, every, yeah, they're like boring intellectual scene, issues. And that's the reason we yeah, watch shows about mobsters, not mobsters. Cause we don't yes. want to, we don't want to deal and, with those. And literally every scene that she has with her therapist is him eventually just saying, well, you should stop seeing him for the whole series. The entire series is yeah. just the same scene repeated over and over again. It's almost like the fucking room where it's like <laughs> Tommy Wiseau just shot one sex scene and then reused that multiple times. They should have just shot one scene of just, you know, what am, is his name? Am I Peter remembering this correctly? Was he wearing sunglasses indoors or do I just remember him wearing sunglasses. You're talking about Tommy Wiseau or, or no, the therapist? No, the therapist. I think no. he just has big, big eyeglasses. He has, he has very big glasses. He has transition lenses or something? He could have had transition yeah. at that time. It was very popular to have transition lenses. It still is on some weirdos too. I'm like... Yeah, but transition lenses are, are lenses are better now because there was a time where transition lenses at rest when they were supposed to be non-sunglasses still had a little tint and it was Matt. like... Very they're lame. For fucking little dweeb bitches, and no Listen, one should have them. Like no, they're gross. I think they're cool. They're cool though. No, I just, just wear saying, another pair of sunglasses on top of your glasses, like the rest of us. That's idiots. what I do. Yeah. I have the things that flip up, like you when, you, when you're on the beach and you see some titties, you just flip. <laughs> that's that's what I actually. Have. I would really love those sunglasses from a different world where he had the like. Oh yeah. The, yeah. The flip one. <laughs> Dwayne oh, Wayne. I would die. Yeah. I so would cool. die for those. Die for those. Uh, um, but can I tell you another oh, one of the scenes that almost made me cry? Oh, please. So in the scene where he's like, apolog where Tony is apologizing to his pudgy son. Yeah. Yes. And we see the paintball magazine. He's reading it. <laughs> and he brings in a pizza and he goes, I'm not hungry. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. That he's was bringing you pizza. <laughs> You like the pizza. <laughs> Why won't you eat the pizza? And then it was the at the and then at the very end of the scene, he almost said no to the pizza again. I was like, "Come on, you little shit, eat yeah, the yeah. pizza!" Like, yeah, you know you want the pizza, you. Fat I know, fuck. and the pizza looks so good. And Tony yeah. was gonna eat it with him, and then Tony couldn't eat it. He had to go kill somebody. And yeah. I was like, look at that restraint. That's yeah. <laughs> He's got that is priorities. a strength. Yeah, he's like. <laughs> I don't think I could do that. I think I'd yeah. be like, after I've eaten half of this pizza with my son. Yeah, okay. I would definitely. I would reschedule the murder for like yes! two hours from then, so I could eat the pizza, enjoy like an episode of Downton Abbey, and then digest. And that, then I would have murdered. <laughs> well, what I would have done, which is a terrible, like, like horrible writing, would be him turning to. Uh, Carmela and going, do we have paper plates and a couple paper towels so I could take this to go? I gotta go. <laughs> like, I just gotta, you got any crushed red pepper in the packet? Yeah. I need that. <laughs> I would I would definitely enjoy watching just the scene of Tony ripping open those those little uh, like crushed red pepper and then also Parmesan trees at cheese and trying to like get it all out, just shaking on yeah, it. Yeah, that's good yeah. right there. I feel yeah, like exactly. th if that w hasn't happened in a scene in The Sopranos, uh, it, it really, it feels like it has. Um, it, it should, should have. It should also be like Big Pussy is taking, like he brought a couple for him. Yeah. And he's like, he's dabbing the pizza with a paper towel like a fucking bitch. Yeah. And then Tony goes, what the fuck is that? What is that? Yeah, Don't do yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. What are you I doing? I bring you pizza. I bring the you pizza. The grease is the best this part is of the pizza. Me? 
Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Also, um, and we, we have to just, you know, get into these real quick. Um, but, uh, you know, the entire storyline of uh, Carmela, uh, you know, wanting Tony to have a um, vasectomy is yeah. uh, I thought as like a B story works really well. Yeah, like, it's it, a good it, B story. I was thinking yeah. about like the last episode and the last I episode. I got a tested for AIDS. Yeah, which by the way is another very 90s thing. The fact that it was like I got my guma tested for AIDS. Back then everyone That's was all getting you could get. Everyone was getting their girlfriends tested for AIDS. It was a thing. But um yeah, just uh, like the previous episode it just feels like it's filled with B stories that just like people dropped and threw away. And this episode it really is like, yes, yeah, see, this is a su- episode of The Sopranos. This is like where they like they picked a B story that not only is incredibly entertaining and something that you kind of care about, but it also pertains to the story in general where, where it, it ties in the religious aspect. The fact that Carmela is like praise to God that uh, Chris Maltesanti uh, makes it through the shooting and then and then he does. Uh, and then she thinks like she has this connection with God now. That's like, yeah. uh, and it you makes know, her like fuck. And, and it makes her want to fuck a little, but it also makes her feel like she is more connected, more more spiritual. And so she brings that in to the conversation uh, with Tony about him getting a vasectomy, which uh, I have a uh, I have a clip for uh, Vince. It's called God's Creation. The Pope doesn't even believe in Trojans, and you want me to get snipped. Isn't that a little bit hypocritical? Look, Tony, I'm thinking of my family first. That's all. Well, whatever's down here, it's God's creation. Isn't it a sin to undo the good work he's done? Well, you should know. You made a living of it. You're unfucking believable, you know that? What the fuck are you doing? You had dinner an hour ago. What the fuck are you doing to yourself? Tony, leave him alone. I'm supposed to get a vasectomy when this is my male heir? That is, I'm supposed to get a vasectomy when this is my male heir is maybe the most brutal thing a father has ever <laughs> yeah. said to a son. <laughs> that was amazing. Yes. In the history of fatherdom. Like that I is. I will say oh. very quick manipulation there though. Oh yeah. Like, and, but the thing is he has been stewing on that for like a while. You know, he's been thinking oh, about yeah, the for shower. Sure. Mm-hmm. He's, he's like, eh, the Pope doesn't want you. You even use a condom. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, kinda, he like thought about that that he was like ready to do the uh-huh. it was like he it's like he had workshopped it at a couple of open mics and then he was like <laughs> ready for the show. Ready yeah, no. No, he was definitely ready uh to make the argument that um God doesn't want him to have a vasectomy, which is uh yeah, it's the level of manipulation uh, and bargaining that you do uh expect from Tony Soprano. Uh, and then just to decide to completely uh, throw his own son under the bus uh, in order to drive the, the point home. Like, I can't get a vasectomy. My son is a dumbass. <laughs> like, we have to preserve the sperm to make a better son. It's just all oh, fucking A, Ugh. dude. Yeah. And so, he's so, his son's so cute, too. I like, know. his little face and his, oh, 
He's a good actor, that kid, too. Well, he's he doesn't act anymore. I guess he's a professional poker player now. <laughs> sure. Well, you know, it's uh, hey, that's it's a career, but uh, it definitely he he was good. They cast the perfect kid. They they cast the perfect kid. It's like he reminds me so much of myself in the nineties. Like yeah. just new metal, fucking you know, skateboarding, reading paintball magazine. It's oh, true. Well, I me, identify with know. him a lot too. Like it just felt yeah. like in the nineties, we were, we were all made to feel like such disappointment. I yeah. Yeah. It's true. Uh, and we like the, those of us who like listened to Marilyn Manson were a very specific type of kid. And then like they later turned to corn and then later turned to limp biscuit. Yeah. And, you know, well, it all started with the gateway drug, which is South park. Yeah, and that's true. Uh, yeah. And then it turned to Marilyn Manson and then mm -hmm. to Gordon. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, you know, like the character even kind of like, uh, I mean, this is later in the season, so we won't give too much away. But he definitely, he changes with the times in the same way that I did, especially like the post 9-11. You know, you start, you get the internet and you start, you know, looking at like, uh, Al Jazeera and like mm. videos from the war and you're just like what if I join you know and like this is <laughs> yeah. he'd be into Gamergate like he he later would like right if it were today he yeah. would be like a 4chan kid and he would be like oh, he'd yeah. get in trouble at school because he was drawing swastikas on people's like <laughs> lockers and shit yeah he would he's definitely Which a classic why... shit poster he's a classic whereas, shit poster whereas if he were a little new metal girl he would have gotten into hentai porn <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's to say that he didn't? He was wearing a shirt that had a lot of, I think it was like Japanese writing on it when he was reading the paintball magazine. He might uh, be into manga. He might manga, already. Or however he the fuck you pronounce it. It's manga, manga, you know, potato, potato. But uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. And then I think um, other than those things, I mean, at the Can end I of Can I bring that, up the oh, almost sex scene and then the sex scene? Yeah, because the, that's... Okay. Because I was really bummed out that Polly didn't have a sex scene because I was like, this guy's really cute and yeah. she's really cute and I love her in scrubs. They're going to yeah. do this. And then yeah. I was like, this is wild. Yeah. And then they didn't do it. And I was like, Ugh. and then at the end, Tony and Camilla did it. And I was like, Ugh. yeah, that was yeah. gross. No. That was like watching your parents have sex. Like that was, that was, that, yeah. was, that was on my list for the top of my list for least favorite scene. Cause First yeah. of all, like I, it was like watching a slow motion car wreck where you're like, oh, okay, they're gonna fuck, and then you're expecting well, then them I was just to like, cut, and then they listen. just kept showing more things about it, more details. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, their yeah, hands, yeah. their hands clasping yeah. each other. Yeah, you Bad. see a lot of back meat. I don't need to see like back back, <laughs> back meat. Seeing like back meat uh, over the age of fifty to me is like it's it's you know male or female. I'm not into looking at hands on oh, back I don't meat. think that's true like it's the thing is it's fine it's just that I I didn't like how they ended things with their arguments and how she just kind of gave in and I think yeah she but just knew, here's the thing I think she just knew that he had to go kill someone yeah and so that's the question also, I have yeah he also did something very sweet for his son and he was being very heartfelt and sweet with his son after the horrible thing he said to him and, uh, and then he it, agreed and then he agreed to do it. Yeah. To get and, the uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, I, he's the guy that I want him to be now. But right. I hate that because he's not going to be the guy you want. He's never going to be it. Like it just yeah. makes you frustrated and you're like, 
I don't want to watch them have sex. You got to imagine that like in order to actually like not just date, but then marry and have children with like a mobster who is like an actual murderer. Like a big part of staying in that relationship is that when they do things like murder or be mobster esque, it just makes you horny. So you keep wanting to well, leave. Is it that, but then, or is it because he tries? Is he is it because he comes home and he tries to compensate for that by like doing nice things for his son, and so she doesn't actually see the murder, but she sees him uh, try to like atone for it. I, I think it's I don't that. think he was compensating though. I think he genuinely felt bad. Yeah, like, I do think he felt bad. I I, yeah. I think he 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 knew he would cross <laughs> Even some he sort knew of he line. Crossed the line there, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was the one line he felt that he had crossed the like pretty much the whole episode. I and, think. you know, he's like, listen, if I'm going to hell for any reason, it's not going to be all the murder and the cheating and the lying. It's going to be because I uh, told my son that uh, he was an insufficient human being and that I had to make another human male to give to be my heir. Like that is. That's something that where he's like, he can't even use the excuse of like, everything I do, I do for my family. It's like, no, you just emotionally destroyed your only son. Imagining that his son is still sitting in his bedroom eating the pizza while they're fucking and the bed is like hitting his wall. (laughs) Just eating it slowly. He can hear it and he goes, they are making another. Yeah. I I like to think that he's just just very like sullenly and sadly masturbating to the sounds of his parents (laughs) having sex. That just sounds like what he would do. And then he comes on the pizza and eats it like a seventh grade boy. It's a very seventh grade boy. Hey, you know, you experiment a little bit. Everybody tries to taste it at least once. Hey, Limp Bizkit. All right. That's what guys tell me. That's hey, you know what? We've all tried it. It's salty. So Moving on to uh, our our last bits, um, just for in terms of uh, malapropism corner, uh, I only noticed uh, the doctor who is treating Chris calls him Mister Multisanto. You didn't uh, notice like you... the most obvious one, which was uh, Polly Irre- Walnut saying, "Irregardless, irregardless." Uh, I guess that's so a true to character no. that you almost forget that it is a malapropism. And at this point, it's a word, right? Irregardless is just one of those things where it's like. Now, it's the same thing with for all intensive purposes. It's like, you know, sure, it's intense and purposes, but so many people say irregardless. So many people say intensive purposes that we know what it means. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't count. Um, And yeah, that is uh, that's that's the episode. All in all, I would say that, uh, you know, it. It, this is my first go around where I'm actually kind of paying attention to who the writers are um, and the directors. And in terms of like every other podcast we've done so far of this podcast, sure, I've never named a single writer or director, but I will say <laughs> that this one was Michael Imperioli uh, and I thought fantastic. It makes me uh, want to see what are the other episodes that he wrote because he's, I think those might be pretty good too. I, he's all right, Spider. He's he's all right, Spider. Um, he's very very all right. So yes, uh, I loved the episode, and I'm excited for the next one. And you know what episode I loved even more than this episode? Uh, this episode of Pod yeah. Yourself a Gun. Uh, Emily, uh, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, well, you can find me on Good Mythical Morning occasionally. Uh, you can also my, uh, find me on Instagram at, at mflem, 
M Flam. No, wait, 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 wait. No, it's M Flemily. You guys. M Flemily. This quarantine has fried my fucking brain. I'm not it kidding. It is. Does it? Yeah. We, then, we're we're uh, gonna be stuck inside forever, dude. Yeah, I know. And then my Twitter is at uh, Flemily Emming. And then I do have a YouTube page. Uh, I plan to post things throughout this, but I, I don't know, man. We'll see. It's it's weird when like <laughs> yeah, even during quarantine, you're just like. I'm still not motivated. Like I started a TikTok, and then I posted two oh, videos of I've my got cat. Like three. <laughs> two videos, me just fucking around with my cat, and I was like, "I'm gonna do this every day," and my cat's gonna be a fucking TikTok oh, star. No, 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 <laughs> Matt, I've watched those and I love them. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Good. I should do more. I should do more. But you know what? I just, uh, you know what? I, I, it's the same. It's the same thing where it's just like, ah, what for? you know <laughs> i know I'm fine. i agree too and i also kind of just like the internet and trying to pursue the internet uh success or fame or whatever you want to call it it just feels gross it does and sometimes you're just like who the fuck am i i don't fucking know yeah you know what that but, just... but i will say um you are uh the best mythical crew member on good mythical morning and people uh love and respect you and, oh man Hey, I'm just saying that that's the, not true. You and I are tied equally because we oh, are the no, ones no, who no. bring bring the characters. No, that's true. We do we do a great we do a great uh, food feuds. You know, they put us together, peas in a pod. We do well. But in general, <laughs> I would say you're fantastic on this show, oh, and uh, everyone should uh, check out Good Mythical Morning with Emily Fleming. Uh, that's occasionally. What it, that's yeah. That's what I'm calling it now. Good mythical morning with Emily Fleming. Um, oh God. <laughs> uh, email us with any questions, comments, and concerns at frotcast at gmail dot com. Uh, Patreon.com slash broadcast for uh, all the bonus episodes of our movie podcast in which we talk about everything. Uh, Vince, what is the Google Voice uh, number so that people can leave some voicemails? It's uh, 415-275-0030. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening. And until next episode, don't stop believing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.